All right, we have our dear friend Peyton Callahan here. Welcome. Hi. Yay. Yay. It happened. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really wanted you to come on because you've been a friend for ever since we got here. We've just always had this closeness. And there's something so special and tender about your presence, which makes sense because you help doula people through beautiful transitions. And so uh, transition is beautiful during. You help make that happen and after and all the things. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. um, We met here. In your barn. I know. We met in my barn dancing. So, yes, dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew immediately that I loved her. Yeah. Immediately. We immediately connected. Um, Yeah. And then after that, we had tea in your barn. Yes. (laughs) We did. Right. Which is on the same street, by the way. Yeah. We are. On the same street. Yeah. So, we're... Yeah, we, we both have barns on the mm-hmm. same street. Yeah. <laughs> in a and place we never thought we would be. I know. How about that? A Where did you from? street. Um, well, we live here in Austin. Right. And, and we moved here about 10 years ago from Chicago. Oh. Um, that's where Cal and I, my husband Cal and I met and had our three uh-huh. children. Um, and then moved to Austin about 10 years ago. And then a couple of years ago, right before I met Kimberly, we have... I had always had this idea that I wanted land, a special place to host gatherings and events, workshops, and um, all the special things. And one day, Cal kind of got ready too. And um, we had had just been to the Yucatan um, in Mexico. And there were these beautiful cenotes, which are these bodies of water where the land gives way. And um, there's just something so magical and special about these cenotes. And we had come back to Austin and I said, Cal, go find me a cenote. Fast forward maybe, I don't know, a couple months. Um, we found this land that was ready for a new steward that has a grotto in its backyard that looks just like the cenote. Oh my gosh. I had asked for it. <laughs> and it's down the street from Kimberly. Yeah. Um, I, I always tell people, I, so we spent a good deal of time just going and visiting your grotto Mm -hmm. as a family for a season there. And it's so special and magical and the land is so sacred and Mm -hmm. tender and fierce. And, um, it's been even blessed by a llama Mm -hmm. and it's, it's really beautiful. It feels like such a sister property over here. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I love sisterhood. So the properties come together in their fascinating ways all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I one one of the things that I have so much reverence for with you is the way that you've indirectly and directly affected my relationship with my children, particularly my little girls. So you hosted a red tent on the land here and you have been hosting red tents for years. Can you explain what a red tent is? Absolutely. Um, So a red tent ceremony is basically a gathering of women um, for celebration. So it's an intentional gathering of women. 
So, oh goodness, about 22 years ago, a woman uh, by the name of Anita Diamante wrote a book called The Red Tent. And she wrote this this book um, inspired from the history of menstrual huts and moon lodges where women would go during their time of their menstrual cycles or when Mm. they were birthing their babies and gather together. Um, For some cultures, that was a very fearful experience when a woman was in her power in that way. Um, For some cultures, it was very, you know, it was very revered. However, that being said, the women would, this is something the women would do together. And so um, she was very inspired by that. So that inspired her book titled The Red Tent. Um, So in The Red Tent, women would support each other. They would sing to one another. They would dance together. They would tell stories. So for men, historically, their, their name and their their story was passed down through their given name, right? Their lineage was passed on through their given name. For women, our lineage was passed on through stories told by other women. Mm. So um, there's something very special and sacred when you set this container and you set this intention of gathering women together in circle, um, you know, I call mine a red tent. Other people call theirs a women's circle, a sisterhood circle. Mm -hmm. Um, but the intention is the same and the intention is to gather together and to listen and remember. And I think that's what feels so special as we get in this space. So Mm -hmm. for me, I, I, I like to weave in the, the fabric of, the wisdom by literally bringing in red fabric and draping it. So creating that womb like environment um, that we enter. And as you enter, and I don't know if this happened for you, something just kind of washes over you as you enter in. And I think there's this deep, deep knowing inside of us that remembers this time where we are fully supported by the women of our community and we are held, and we are celebrated. And that is what I think is activated when you set this container and cultivate this space. And then, you know, for us, it's you sharing stories, you know, joys, um, sorrows, sorrows, you know, it's all like birth and death, right? Life, creation, the ability as women to create. Um, And that's what we're in there celebrating, all of it, you know, all of the feels and to hear each other. Sometimes we just need to be witnessed. You know, for some women, it's so powerful when they speak it out loud. And for some women, it's just so powerful to hear and feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, the the wisdom comes in and the listening or the sharing or, you know, whatever. It comes in many forms within that that moment together. But... um, yeah, I was introduced to a red tent by some of my dear friends um, when I was living in Chicago. Um, right after it was the the weekend following um, September 11th, the attacks, mm-hmm. and um, our wow. friend had just had a baby <clears throat> after experiencing a full term loss, Ooh, pregnancy wow. loss. Wow! And um, so this was a very important gathering. Her baby was here. Her baby was healthy. She was healthy. Mm. Um, And our friend built this red tent in a backyard 
Mm. And there was a lot of emotions going on. You know, we were a very fearful community um, with everything going on in the world. And um, I was newly married. I invited my friend, Nicole, who was also newly married. We had not had children. And we were, uh, you know, with this group of women of, of, you know, older ages with children, some with grandchildren, and we're gathered in this space. And we laughed and we cried and we watched the birth of this beautiful baby being brought into the world Mm. with so much um, honoring and celebration for the life that wasn't quite ready to be here and for her life. Mm -hmm. And... um, it was, it was an undisturbed birth, and it was really powerful to see a woman just in all of her um, fullness yeah, and expression. Wow. Um, for me, we watched this, this video. I felt so touched that we had the privilege of witnessing this sacred, holy act of her giving birth to her little girl. And then we were back in the tent celebrating, and I came home that night feeling completely different about being a woman. I was like beating my chest. I was so (laughs) proud to be a woman. I had a new ideation, a new value of what it meant for me to be a woman, a creator, feminine, whatever, you know, that meant. And, um, it completely changed the way in which I connect with other women. What we're doing at Global Healing Institute is we're taking 25 years of research and we're putting it into a simple approach to teach people how they can heal themselves, which is really five steps. First, educate the client, detoxify the gut, detoxify the liver, and get rid of all the parasites in the body and get rid of all the chemicals and heavy metals. It is absolutely the simplest, most effective way to transform your health because one Once you get rid of all of that toxicity in your system, your self-healing mechanism reactivates again, and then your body heals itself. So I come home to my husband just being like, oh my God, I am so proud to be a woman. I can't even describe to you what I just experienced, but I know how important it is for me to be here. A year prior to this, to meeting my husband and to experiencing this red tent, my mother um, had died. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that evening taught me, reminded me that even though my mother had passed on, that I would be mothered in so many ways Mm -hmm. throughout my life, Mm -hmm. that I had this group of women in my community who were going to show up for me in the ways that I needed that resembled mothering. Mm -hmm. And they did, and they were, and that nothing was lost in my world. And, you know, when you're going through the death cycle, it's, um, I think that's a big fear. It's like, you know, all that is disconnected from you. And to Mm. be reminded that you still have that connection in new forms, um, was super powerful. So it was super healing, not only in just this incredible way of connecting with women um, 
and understanding what that felt like to have a, a true sisterhood, but what it felt like to, um, I think, just to show up for women in all the ages, you know, to share your wisdom, to share your experience, for me to be able, as this young girl who knew nothing compared to these women, you mm-hmm. know, but I had my so many, so much of my experience to share that was of of enormous value for them mm-hmm. based on, you know, my experience. So um, that reciprocity of the good giving and receiving of stories was invaluable. And so for me, um, continuing to host that is to continue to remember this. You know, I want mm. every woman to just be reminded of that connection with other women. Yeah. I felt so held mm. in the one that you did here. I'll explain a little bit about it because I had my own version. So thank you for sharing yours of my mm-hmm. first red tent, which was hosted or held by you. Mm-hmm. And um, we had this beautiful Hannah artist sitting with all her love mm-hmm. and smile and sharing her culture. Nisha. And just Nisha, <laughs> she was so amazing. Sweet. And then there were, were low tables with pillows filled with Moroccan food that you had brought and candles and flowers. And it was just a pleasure to be under this canopy of trees. We had handpicked this place in the middle of all these beautiful family of trees. Mm-hmm. And everything was just so beautiful. And there was even somebody that washed our feet, right? Mm-hmm. Before we went. Peyton was that washed you? our feet. Mm-hmm. So you. then, yeah, before we got wow. into the red tent, yes. she had this beautiful bowl yeah. and, and washed our feet yeah, one by was... one. And then there was uh, the the smudging that happened after with the cleansing smoke and a feather for everybody. And that was so beautiful. And that was all a few hours of enjoying each other before we even went into the red tent, which was lit with candles and beautiful pillows and rugs. And there was something about feeling like we're being so held in the beauty of it that it's like, because she gave this from her heart, yeah. that, that, that you guys are special to me in this way and we're creating mm-hmm. this experience for you. It was so luxurious. It you was know? so yeah. luxurious. I mean, it was really incredible. Yeah. yeah. And there is something about the color red. That it's feels creation is the color of creation. It's creation. Mm-hmm. And Amelia goes to a Waldorf school and her classroom has red curtains and lots of red around. And that's the color they use for the first grade classrooms to help the child feel nurtured by the womb and they ease mm-hmm. out like second is orange and third is yellow. And Interesting. it's so beautiful. But to go back to that spot. Mm. But for me, the most impactful thing was that children were welcomed. And so Annabelle and Gwen were the ones that chose to go in there. And ever since that red tent, and it was over a year ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, last, yeah, yeah, the beginning of last summer. I think. Annabelle's yeah. talked about it maybe 30 or 40 times. She has? Yes. She talks Aww. about the red tent ceremony all the time. Aww, she felt so <laughs> included girl. with the w- women. Yeah. And I feel like almost the younger they can have this access, the better. I had another child that was maybe too old to start off right away, a little nervous, wanted to maybe observe. And I appreciated first. that she, she made a decision yeah. how yeah. she was feeling. Yes. And Listen I love to it that. too. We yeah. always yeah. need to. It's like you're welcomed and to make your own decision. 
But Annabelle particularly asks for a red tent all the time to the degree where like, I'm, I'm going to be buying red fabrics and things and setting a stage for her. (laughs) But it's also like, for me, for me, like as daughters are coming of age, they're Mm -hmm. not all, except for maybe yours, Peggy, they're not always going to want to talk to their mom about every single thing. But if you have filled their lives with beautiful people that you trust that can also develop deep and meaningful relationships with them, they're always going to have somebody for whatever energetic thing that they may be moving through to be able to call it. Like Risa will call me sometimes. Yeah, she she does. She calls you and she also calls my cousin Julie. Yeah. And so I've been fortunate to to come from a lot of women. Mm. So there's my mom has what, um, nine Oh, nine sisters, I think. Whoa. Or there's nine in the kids, seven sisters, something like that. Anyway, there's a lot of aunts and a lot of cousins. And so for every year we would do a shopping trip and we would pick a destination and we would go to somebody's home, but it would turn invariably into all the aunts and all the, and the, and the rule was the babies had to either be, we changed the rule later on, but like when we were young, if you nurse them, you could bring them, but you couldn't bring kids Two until they were like fourteen because it got a little risque if we all we all cut loose. But <laughs> but as as my as my um, cousin Julie, her she only had one daughter, and so for her it was like she wanted to include her daughter with all the grandmas to get mm-hmm. all that knowledge and wealth. And so really attributing it to Julie, who's gone to a lot of countries, who's told me about the tents mm-hmm. and the things that they would do and how they would have to go, and it was sort of almost like a punishment. They they. They kept them down in some of these countries, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. you have to go isolation. into the isolation, mm-hmm. into the hut. You're you're bleeding. You're dirty. Like the connotation, yeah. not everybody rever- is a no. reverent um, right. with it. Yeah, and so she brought that that those ideas and that reverence. Uh, to our family gatherings mm. and started talking about menstrual cycles and moon cycles and, and included all the girls. And so it became this little thing where the, the girls would step up and they would do a little skit for the older, you know, for, and so it was just turned into this, you know, it became less and less, less about shopping and more and more and more about the storytelling. Oh, ah. And, and the, and so much so that these sisters, my, my mom and her sisters who, um, didn't always share things personally with each mm-hmm. other. They were of the generation where you just suck it up and you handle it and sure. you do it yourself, right? So some of the stories that they shared were the first time that they heard each other's feelings about the same story Whoa. or had different perspectives. Mm. So it was fascinating to witness, that's what you thought? Well, I didn't know that. That's what I thought. And it was just fascinating to see you know, each one of their, their um, perspectives on on the menstrual cycle Absolutely. and, and what they used and oh, how, and what they did with it and all yeah. these things that I won't share that were very personal to them. Yeah. And, but it was, it was a fascinating experience to witness, you know, my mom and her sisters sharing such intimate details that they had never shared before to one another, to all of, there were probably 40 of us. I mean, I'm, when I say I have a lot of cousins and I mean, I, that's just my mom's side. I think I have 60 wow. some cousins. My dad's probably 60 the same, but when we would do these family gatherings, there could be anywhere from 20 to 40 women gathered. And we would just, we would do them once a year. We were up to 25 years or 30 years. And then the pandemic hit and we stopped and we haven't had one since the pandemic. So, so you're due. 
So we're due. Yeah. <laughs> but to your point, like attending your ceremony was so special because it reminded mm. me of my family gatherings mm. and, um, and a way in which you brought, you know, the girls in, mm-hmm. it was just so special, all included and, and, and with such reverence yeah. and celebration, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to like from the food to the henna on the hands, to the foot washing, to the smudging. It was just this buildup of appreciation and adoration. So thank you for that experience. It was really, it was really special. You're so welcome. And you know, Peggy, you said something that, um, that reminded me, um, when you talked about in, in some cultures, you know, this was a very fearful experience, right? Mm -hmm. To start your cycle based on the cultural beliefs. Yeah. And in my, in my belief, it is that the reason we experience um, what we refer to as premenstrual syndromes and why we have so much difficulty sometimes with symptoms of our of our cycle and symptoms of the menopausal progression is because of this this fear and shame that we have learned culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a man, Dr. Mario Martinez. I love his work. He studies. Um, he calls it biocognition and it's how cultural beliefs can shape our biology. And I, isn't it interesting that this, this natural physiological process that we have as females has, and for some like turned into something that is extremely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and perhaps, you know, these years of this belief system of, you know, being in isolation, being um, shamed, not being able to worship in some buildings because it was dirty or, you know, all the the labeling, even the medical system has put on um, our genitalia and our, our, our cycles, um, you know, perhaps that has now like epigenetically been passed down to what we experience as symptoms. And that's what I believe. I believe that our body is constantly trying to communicate to us what it needs emotionally, energetically, and physically. And this is, you know, these, these symptoms are signals. It's our body's way of saying something needs to be recognized. Yeah. Mm. That's powerful. It's beautiful. I would agree. (laughs) So, um, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. We have some work to do, but I think, I think with, I think we can shift the way in which we experience. Well, you're creating such a safe space for that to happen. Well, and and I feel like a lot of people are now with, with more awareness and, and to be able to do it in our feminine nature of, of, you know, not being like, so fighting about it. You need to respect us. You need to, you know, Hmm. like, how can we, how can we like guide men to get to know us better? You know, we want Mm -hmm. them to. Yeah. love and respect us differently, but we don't allow them to get to know us. How, how are they ever supposed to know the vastness of us if we're not sharing and communicating? Or, or if we don't know ourselves. We don't know ourselves. Yeah. And wow. I recently went to a woman's workshop. Like, it, it, <clears throat> as you said, there's, you may not be the only one out there doing those things. And I went with a, to a workshop in April and it was held in this woman's beautiful five acre canyon home along a creek that just with all the rains in California finally started to flow again. Mm. And so it was a, it was a beautiful two day, three day resort retreat. And it was all about 
women's empowerment and sensuality and connecting with Mother Earth. And so there were a lot of um, moments in time where you would go outside and you would connect with the tree or you would connect or you would learn how to connect with the earth. Um, you were invited to bathe naked in the river. Uh, I don't. I think that was a little off program. I started that. I'll just- <laughs> Way to go. Uh, I was like, wait a second. I'm like, can I get in the river? And they're like, uh, okay. It's not. I love a good fellow skinny dipper. It's actually not a river. It's a creek. Let's be clear. (laughs) It's a creek. And it's not even, it was like, you know, two feet deep with, and about three feet wide. So nothing that anybody could really drown in. It's a mikvah. It was, yes. (laughs) And not even, but it was like, I just felt this overwhelming you know, compelling to, to feel connected to the water and have mm. it flow over you. And um, my girlfriend who was with me was like, well, let's go get our suits. And I looked at her and I said, why? Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And she went, she sat with him and I said, you can. I said, we're in the middle of nowhere and we're women. Yeah. And, but it's up to you. I want you to feel comfortable, but I'm just going to go for it. And um, it was even the process that I witnessed some women going through in the um, shyness yeah. of being seen by another woman, the shyness of, you know, being valued, and um, and then then getting in the water and having the water and just guide me and put your feet flat on the earth and feel the energy spiraling up your body mm-hmm. and and cr- helping to create you sustain you. And that if you think about that, that we draw our energy. I mean, we're magnetized mm-hmm. to the earth. We draw it up through the bottom of the feet, up through your yoni, up through your up to your heart. Yeah. And if you actually put that into practice, it's freaking powerful. And you're not using any energy. The energy's flowing through you and igniting you. So it was a whole new way of being mm-hmm. and being in that sensuality of letting the energy move you. Because it was the circular energy, mm. and you just everybody started, you know, just like we're all moving. We're all here. moving. I know. We're all like, like we're all we're just all like, spiraling. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. But it was just, Feeling it was it. this beautiful like awareness of being held by Mother Earth and allowing the energy to come through, and you didn't need to go to your mind to create it. Mm. You just needed to open and allow it, which to me was effortless and so beautiful, and just you know, part of who we are is powerful feminine and to be able to allow ourselves to feel that femininity Mm -hmm. without being shy. You Mm -hmm. can be shy if you want to, but the, but the, where does the shyness come from? Sure. Right. It's coming from some story or some, some of it's Mm -hmm. taught or story or conversation Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's a, it's a process of coming into your own. So I don't want to make it wrong, but you know, but it's, but it's an interesting, you know, everybody's made differently. I, I look at our Annabelle and Risa you know, they're just, they're, yeah. th- those two girls are so much similar, very yeah. self-contained, very confident in, in their physicality. Mm-hmm. Like from the time Risa was, a, you know, a little infant, she owned her space and knew this is my body and this is how I work with it. And you, and was very able to create boundaries wow. where I, you know. I didn't even know what that meant. This, yeah. yeah. But she came in with him, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, but Risa and Annabelle, yeah, but they Risa both and really Annabelle did. are the same. Yeah. They're like little sisters in that way. Yeah. 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 But it's all to say that we have all these untapped resources inside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed being in your space with you is the ability to be able to let go of some of the pain that I was carrying. Because mm-hmm. I remember I had 
I had uh, a story that was happening with one of my kids that was causing a lot of pain. And so I was able to share it in the red tent and really received a lot of healing Mm -hmm. and a lot of peace about, you know, that particular kid's um, life experience at that moment. Mm -hmm. And it just was, it was so freeing to let it go and to do it with sisterhood where you feel safe, as opposed to the old model that, you know, existed when I was a kid, which was, it was gossip. Oh, you know, okay, yeah. It was gossip. If you shared something, you know, you were gossiping, it wasn't support. Got it. Right? Okay. So you you weren't a lot, oh. so kind of being raised, like, you can't talk about that. That's gossip. Yeah. As opposed to, oh my God, what do they need? How can I support them? Wow. So and it's, how it, can I just hear them? Yeah. And so it's interesting how that. you hold it, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you do such a beautiful job of doing that for other people. Aww, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Well, mm-hmm. I see you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, and you right know here. what you made yeah. me think of in, in, in sharing that story? Well, there's many things you made me think of, but um, I love that we're all wearing dresses. <laughs> um, but in learning about um, indigenous cultures, women wore skirts to receive that energy up, right? And it was when... Um, it was later when, when, you know, women started kind of moving into the workforce that we really started wearing pants, which closed mm. that energetic space. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so the skirts of the, the vortex, the spiral from Mother Earth moving up through us yes. for us to receive um, in a sacral Yeah, space. isn't that wild? I know. Wow. I, that's why I didn't learn that until I went how, to this seminar. How yeah. interesting when we're, you know, birthing or holding a baby, right? Where usually our feet are planted, we're swaying. And we're, we're swaying. Moving. Yeah. We're allowing that energy to come up and through the heart. And up. So, so powerful. I think that's so cool that you just mentioned that. Yeah. Made me think of that. Well, I was, I was, I mean, I, you know, the leader didn't teach me this. The earth taught me this. Mm. The leader created a safe space for me to be able to open to receive that information for mm. myself. I mean, there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's empowerment. That's empowerment, <laughs> right? Like, and, and what you're saying is what you're doing is you're creating a safe space for women to discover themselves, their mm. voices, whatever it is they need in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully what the Bathroom Chronicles is doing. (laughs) I hope so. You guys. I mean, what what a better concept than... Mm. I mean, I think about the times when I was with my girlfriends. Mm. The best part of the evening (laughs) was always getting dressed in the bathroom (laughs) with your girlfriends. I remember when I got married and was living with, you know, my husband for the first time. I'm like, this is the one thing I miss. So on girls weekends, you know, we're piled in the bathrooms. Everyone's just like, oh, you look so hot. And here, try this. And, you know, doing each other's hair and giggling and peeing in front of each other and just all the things like, yes, that's what I know. So So true. All the stories get shared there. This is like your version, the modern day version of a red tent. (laughs) 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 It's true. It is true. Right. We're still doing it. Still doing it. It's true. It's so, so true. Good. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. did. Um, well, there was no toilet in this particular room. So, well, yeah, there was. We did really move, remove the toilet. There, was a toilet, there was a toilet right, right, right over there. there. It's like, wait a second. I use that all the time. Yes, there was. <laughs> James <laughs> moved it my for bathroom. us. <laughs> I have a little more space. James. Oh, my God. Hi, James. The oh, guyver himself. He, he can, really is. can do anything. He can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling all these people that maybe haven't connected with their sisterhood as deeply mm. as they want or as deeply as they're yearning for. 
And I just want to say like, you can get into your creativity and do this too. And it doesn't, you don't even have to buy a single thing. You could have a potluck, you could clean a space, you could do a prayer with it to um, clear energy, just like, you know, a beautiful prayer to clear the energy and create the sacred Mm -hmm. space. You can clean up the clutter, dust the corners, you know, all ways to sort of prepare this area and invite sisterhood in and have somebody bring a candle and have somebody bring a dessert and just celebrate with each other. Yeah, It doesn't always have to be at a restaurant over food. It doesn't always have to be over a movie. It doesn't always have to be at the bar, but these intentional spaces where we come together to just connect is really beautiful. Yeah. Find your way. Mm -hmm. And for me, like poetry really helps. Yeah. We were mm. talking about this the other yeah. night. Do like, you have that poem? <gasps> we might, because if you the have way, it. The, we, the prayer yes, that I read the, the other night? Yes. Yes. Oh. That one's up on my mirror right now because okay. that's the one I've been um, just really reflecting on over the past couple of weeks. I have it probably on my phone. I was going to say, if it's in our, if it's in the group text, right. I don't know if you dropped okay. it. Then it's we right can, here. I did. Then we can have um, you read it. I would love it was to really, read it. really beautiful. But for me, I mean, as a child, I had a hard time putting words to my feelings. Um, and sometimes there weren't words that, that could describe like what I just didn't understand, but I felt so much as a child. Mm-hmm. So hearing music, lyrics of music and reading poetry, like helped me like evoke that what was in it and, and, and have a framework mm-hmm. for maybe what I was feeling. So poetry still does that for me and, and music. Um, so I love bringing that into a circle because, you know, it, it gives someone a way to have a voice, maybe without sharing, mm. but vocalizing, yeah. right? Mm. Which when we open our throat, we open our sacral space, they're, they're connected. And um, it, um, it may just allow some emotions to surface that we didn't even know. Mm. So, you know, when, when I gather a group of women, I'll just kind of you know, feel into what poems I'm like, you know, feeling for that particular event and, um, have them as like, like the skeletons or framework or, um, for an evening. Um, and I do want to share a story that just came up last weekend on Sunday, I was invited to, uh, a woman's one year mother blessing. So th- they were celebrating her first year of motherhood, which mm. I thought was so beautiful because that mm-hmm. first year is big. Yeah. <laughs> really, re- like mm. so much growth, yeah. right? Yeah. We think, oh, baby's here. Great. Wait, no, no, no. I'm, I'm now like, I just, a, a, a version of me, you know, just died. And I was also birthed anew. You know, I have this mm-hmm. new child and this new way in which I'm, showing up like now I'm a mother and what does that look like? Right. So she's had this year of self-discovery. And so it was to hear whatever she needed to share. Mm, You know, she, she chose at this gathering with a group of women just to share about her birth story and to share about her, her story, um, nursing her baby and just acclimating with her baby and her husband in new Mm. ways and new ways to, you know, reconnect her sensuality. And it was so beautiful just Mm. to, to call in women of her community, her community and listen and be witness Mm. to her experience. Um, that being said that morning, I'm like, Oh, I thought of a poem that we used to share in the red tent years ago, 20 years ago. 
it was my friend, um, Kathy's favorite poem. So Nicole and I would always put it in the book. It was called um, Time Still. And the essence of the poem was there would be time still. So after birthing your baby, there will be time for all of these things that you want to do. And it is your children who will teach you how to do them all. Mm. I know. I'm like, (gasps) but that same morning (laughs) that I woke up, I printed it for to give her this new mother. um, I got a text from Nicole and Kathy, who used to help me create these red tents. And she sent a picture of this poem the same morning because their youngest, their babies had just graduated high school. Oh, wow. And they, she, they had, one had seen it in her, her bedside table. She had kept this book of poetry in her bedside table and read that poem that morning and took a photo, sent it. And she goes, I came across this poem. Let's go to Paris. It talks about the line is about going to Paris. I know. I know. I have chills all up and down my body. You're going to have to read this one. Um, yeah, Yeah. yes. Um, but how, how beautiful that I get to witness the cycle in the same day yeah. of celebrating this new mother sure. and celebrating these women who now their babies are leaving the nest. As one is creating her nest, it's the others so, are leaving her yeah, nest. Yeah, yeah, that's... And how connected we were to all like oh. celebrate and feel that that day. Yeah. Wow. wow. We're all like, <laughs> we're all teary-eyed here. I know, yeah. so clearly oh, like that, that, that was able, yeah. that poem was able yeah. to give yeah. us... Mm. Uh, a way to express a feeling of like, yeah. oh dear God, I've lost myself. I don't know yeah. what to do. Can I surrender? Can I give way into this process of being mm. yeah. with these babies <laughs> and raising babies <laughs> and yeah. be okay with it right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, no, with the wreck. life I'm going to get. It does, but it does pass <laughs> because my kids are older. Yeah. yeah. And so it does come a time when you go, uh, wow, you know, where where uh, there's a time when you're in it and you're going, I cannot wait mm-hmm. until they can, you know, drive and, yeah. and stop asking me to take them places. And then you go, ah, you know, Absolutely. I wish there was more time with them, period. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does it does go by quickly. And in fact, we had Becky here this morning, who's Becca Tobin, who has a 15 month old. And she's like, everybody mm. kept telling me it's going to go by so fast. She's like, no, there's no way it took so long to get here. It's not <laughs> going by fast. And she's like, so- I can't believe how fast it's gone. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have well, a story with uh, time. I had a friend um, that she uh, she had a baby, um, elected cesarean with her husband, beautiful, 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 beautiful couple. I mean, beautiful couple. Um, and she had the baby and they named the baby Time. And she was with the baby for a whole day before she was asked to stand up after her cesarean and she passed away when she was standing. And so for me, the extra emotion is coming from when you say time, I think of that. I'm like, oh, whoa, it's sacred. Wow. wow. I mean, she had a baby named time. She wow. had the baby for a day. Wow. And there's this push and pull with motherhood. It's like, gosh, I want my own time. I need to go to the bathroom yeah. and lock myself in there so I can yeah. have a minute. Yeah. And oh my gosh, how do I get more time with my kid? And mm, oh yeah. my gosh, I need my own space. And it's this 
like parenthood and, is such a dance and then recognizing time. that time doesn't exist mm. right and, and then you're gonna just throw that and, in there for right the <laughs> <laughs> you know and yes and, 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 yet, and yet it does and yet it does in the 3d world yes yes and, yet, and yeah. it's just yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and not to like bring the energy to there but sometimes we just need these reminders when we're at the height of joy and life and love or anything yeah. to just call forth the gratitude and appreciation of the moment that we get to have this moment that we get to have in life, right. Before they're driving or, you know, Mm -hmm. before they're going to the bathroom on their own Mm -hmm. and uh, to just, yeah, appreciate all of it. You said it earlier, this too shall pass. It was, it was, you know, (laughs) a passage my mom used to say to me all the time. And Mm -hmm. her lesson in that was, you know, what you perceive like as ultimate joy, what you perceive as ultimate sorrow it will pass. So be in it, feel it's it, so and just know that it will pass. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing even about good times, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially if, when you live, you know, longer, you go, oh, it's going to end, yeah. right? There's, mm. there's, this is oh, only a day or only a couple of hours. So you really have to like really bring presence to it because Absolutely. I think presence is the only thing that stops time. Absolutely. It really is the timelessness. Because this you is feel what presence. I have right now. Exactly. This moment right, right now, now with you. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That grasshopper. Oh, he's like, he's up in the window. We, had we have a grasshopper, that, yes. That that's is been spending the whole day, day with, with us. us. Yeah. Our friend Allison could tell us all about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Later. Yes, she could. And also, it's very interesting how death has kept coming up today. Yeah. It's, it's like, true. it's it wants a voice. It wants a voice. And... You know, we can't have a birth without a death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. can't have a death without a birth. Yes. And, you know, as I've worked for many years as a birth doula, which is someone who um, stands beside a family during the birth process, and um, how I would describe it as someone who holds the state between those two worlds as someone who can be comfortable with that transition. Mm. And I think as our, our culture, at least particularly in this Western culture, we're so afraid of that state of transition mm-hmm. where, you know, we, I, I relate everything to a birth experience, but you know, we, we go through these, these waves, right. And then all of a sudden you go through this period of transition, which is right before a baby is born where it is, erratic is intense it is dynamic and it 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 shakes everything up right Mm -hmm. for this um for this new entry and we can look at you know everything in our world that has happened any type of crisis right that 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 state of transition where we grip the tightest we're we're so afraid of to experience i feel like in our culture whether it be before babies before born before a death it, you know happens um and it's it's being able to hold the state and witnesses as it is is like this is truly the transformation mm-hmm. you know the contraction is part of the expansion these aren't two separate things they have to happen Contraction mm-hmm. has to happen for yeah. the expansion to exist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're connected. They're connected. They're 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 part yeah. of the cycle. Yeah, they're part of the process. They're part of that wave. And we want to 
not experience that because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do with that, I feel like. Yeah. And um Well, you clearly I'm, do. <laughs> well, you're, you know, well, you're really, I mean, you're really there in service. Well, I feel like of, two things. Can I may I expand on that? Yeah. Someone please. recently asked me, I was at a dinner, um, and it's someone who I recently met. And for some reason at dinner, it's a little heavy question to ask at a light dinner. I was dressed in a light costume and everything. And she said, you know, how did you connect like to spirituality? What, you know, what led you kind of to this path? And I'm just thinking like, what, what does it even look like? You know, it was an interesting question. And I looked at her and I said, death, it just came out of me. Mm. And I, I, I say that. And then I really sat with it after reflected on her question, but my mother's death completely Mm. changed who I was, you know, to be with the nature of death and to understand the gifts I was given due to her death. Mm. I have so much gratitude. I mean, do I wish she was here? Of course. Do I miss her? Of course. It was a horrible experience that I Mm. had to go through. However, it it taught me the importance of connecting with other women mm. and what that meant to have in my life. It taught me presence. It taught me to see the goodness in people. It taught me um, that this could all be taken away from me. So can I live in right relationship with the things in my life? Like, can I just appreciate what I have and everything else is just sprinkled? Like mm. I have so much gratitude towards her death. And then I went back in my life mm. at, at other um you know, touch points. And it was the death of my cousin when I was 12 years old, she was 19. And then my babysitter died when I was seven. Um, and I went back and I'm like, I have sat through this experience throughout my life for a reason Mm -hmm. so that I could learn the importance of that. I I believe for, for my, for my purpose here on earth of that transition. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've sat at a death I have doulaed for a death process, and I can tell you this, it is exactly the same as when I doula for a birth. It mm. was exactly the same. Oh, interesting. Even where I stood in relation to the family and the woman who was passing on, and the connection, it was, you know, I was, I was a bridge. I was a conductor. I was like, you know, the connection between what her heart needed to say and what their heart needed to hear in an exchange and the, you know, the, the transition to her birth onward, you know, the death that birthed her onward, um, was so similar to feel in the room. And it was so beautiful, Mm. obviously hard for the family, right? It's hard to, to say goodbye to those we love, but experiencing the nature of our life cycle was so beautiful. Mm. And I think um, perhaps maybe that's, you know, been an experience that has happened in my life so that I could feel comfortable in it and that I could share these stories with other people and that we may find comfort in whether this is an actual birth or death or a situation or a change that's going on in our life, a career, a new relationship, right? They're the same, they're the same practices, there's still deaths and births that are all going on within our lives that we experience. That's really beautiful. I think it probably, well, I know it gives me comfort 
you know, hearing it. I know that, but hearing it and you say it so beautifully that it is the same energy as death and birth. And um, to be able to witness that for somebody else is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that. It's, Absolutely. You know, well, it's, you know, I felt so honored to be able yeah. to be in that space. What yeah. a gift. Mm. Yeah. What a gift. It's so holy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a little more fun part. Oh. of this podcast or <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on your question you can oh, have it go that's... any way you want yeah. okay but we have an ask Peggy segment you're very familiar with Peggy's channeling capabilities mm. and so if you have a question that you would like to ask Peggy or a general check-in it's up to you oh wow this could mm. have been actually no because I wouldn't want to be prepared for this. <laughs> I was like, Kim, you could have prepared me for that. <laughs> no, because then I would have overthought it, right? Yeah. Um, you you know, can channel the question. Um, <laughs> I I have had a really rough year. Last year was a huge transition for me personally, mm. um, and. Um, so I'm, I'm now in a state of starting to feel the gratitude of the, the contraction and the transition that I've just went through. Um, and so, you know, I've told people I've like taken a soul sabbatical. I pretty much quit doing everything and went very inward, was very quiet when we did gather. And I asked for prayers. I remember calling you, Kim, and I just said, Mm. you know, just please pray for me. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. just... Mm. I'm, I'm in it. I'm going through a really rough time. And, um, and I was so held by you during this time. Mm. Um, you both, I shared with you from our gathering a year ago, and this has just been an ongoing journey for me. So, um, that all being said during my time of my soul sabbatical, I feel like I've just been on the verge um, and I'm standing at that space ready to be birthed. And mm. I feel like I have mm. a really clear idea of some of my purpose here and how I, I, I'm meant to show up in this world of what like that sacred assignment is. But I'm having a really hard time trusting myself and just mm. doing it. Mm. Like there's such a fear of moving forward in the earth with. Yeah. Can you, can you feel how, when you speak, the energies all appear in the chest? I feel it completely. And, and, and I haven't spoken like when my year, I shut down. Yeah. Mm. I can feel the, the, um, chaotic kind of, um, energy, right? Just the anxiousness, the, the not knowing. And when you were talking earlier, about anything that you were sharing, you were very rooted oh, interesting. and grounded okay. in your essence. And so all it is is a story, a conversation that you're perpetuating Okay. that says, this is scary or this is hard or this is whatever. I'm not ready. I'm, or I'm not, not ready. Smart. Like so, I haven't, all yeah. the things. So, There's a bunch. So all those are parts of the self okay. that are just in the way of you launching yourself. So they just need love. So when they come in, just like, I've got you. Okay. Whatever you want to name that part of the personality, right? I always Kim, you know, you're good with names. What are we naming this part? What of part of her personality? <laughs> Shira. Okay, Shira. Scared Shira. Scared. Okay. Oh, scared Shira. She's, okay. she's tough but scared. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the scared part that's activated, right? Yeah. So when those thoughts come in, stop and just go, oh, there's scared Shira and bring her close. 
Just bring that part of the personality close and just love on her. (sighs) Take a deep breath and then just exhale, right? And you can do this with anything that you're struggling with, labeling that part of the personality. And when it shows up, because our our instinct is, is, oh, I got to get rid of this. It's in my way. I got to I got to change. I got to be different. It's like no, it just needs self-love. Okay. So when you label it as a way to separate yourself from it, it when you label it it pulls you away from it. Okay. Right? Yeah. So now here you as Peyton higher self spirit who knows how to be in this world and this space, you're giving birth to yourself. So yeah. basically you need to witness yourself as giving birth. So doing the same process you do for others, do mm. for yourself. Oh, oh, grounding oh. yourself. <laughs> okay. And then holding that space as you're, as you're giving birth to that fear, mm. you're birthing out fear okay. and you're breathing in love and stability. Mm. Can you, mm. you feel all the goosebumps flying you know, out here? She's going to tell you her name. That'll be the first listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Violet just came through. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And Violet's crown. Uh, okay. Right. And I'm in that phase in my life cycle. I'm turning 49. Yeah. I'm entering the menopausal progression. I am at, I'm in that transition. You're in that transition. Yeah. And that that transition is Mm -hmm. really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to, especially um, if if you're not sharing it with somebody, right? And so the fact that you've got, you know, community or women or people like myself who've been through it, right, who can share with you to help um, support you in it. But it is, it's, you know, of all the things, it feels really hard, (laughs) Um, my own personal experience. But I think uh, for yourself, the message is is just just surrender to the fear without crumbling. So you're holding yourself the same way you bring that same energy as you doula, bring it to yourself. And allow that fear to be released and hold it. And it will have its own rhythm, right? Okay. It's got its own rhythm, its own timing. There's no rush. We don't have to like put a deadline on this. Okay. It will naturally birth itself, as Kim just said. So you'll know exactly when to you know, put the stake in the ground and say, this is who I am. I'm back. This is what I'm doing. There's nothing for you to figure out. You're, you're being birthed. You're stepping into a new part of your career, a new part of your life, a new part of the life cycle. Mm -hmm. And as much as we want to rush that Mm -hmm. life cycle, you can't. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, some women stay in that perimenopausal, postmenopausal, like it can be a decade. And so it's like just accepting. And at the same time, simultaneously, you can also deepen your own trust in yourself. Yeah. But there's, there's really nothing for you to do other than what you're already doing which is giving yourself space, being loving with yourself. And just don't go, when it comes up, there's nothing to do with it. Yeah, you judge it. Yeah, you judge it. That's what I'm saying. You're making it wrong. Instead, Mm -hmm. label her and bring her close. Bring her into your red tent. Bring her her Mm -hmm. home, Mm -hmm. right? Bring her home. home. Yeah, bring her home Mm -hmm. and just love on her. And then if you have an emotion come up, let the emotion up. Okay. and, And then just acknowledge the emotion. If you're sad, be really sad. Right. If if you're happy, be really happy. If you're angry, be really angry. Yeah. But I always tell people never more than you know five minutes at a time. No more than once an hour. Okay. So it doesn't take you into depression. It doesn't take you yeah. unhinged. Or like you're ruminating. Exactly. I can get in that. No. So it's yeah. like okay, I'm going to be really angry for five minutes. Okay. <sighs> or you know, throw a throw a tantrum, and then when you get done, thank your body. Like mm. thank you, thank you for holding on to that yeah. until I could be present. 
Mm. And then you exhale and you'll go about your day. And if it comes back and this time it's sorrow, then be really present to the sorrow. But again, no more than five minutes. And you remove yourself from whatever's going on in your life. You give it all your attention as if it were a toddler throwing the tantrum in the room. It needs that much from you. And then that way it gets healed and integrated. And then that the more powerful, you know, that powerful side of yourself will step forward and go, okay, all my parts are on board now. Mm. And now I'm ready for, you know, the end game. Okay. <coughs> Stepping into the, you know, into that last crone's age or whatever. Absolutely. The, the, on your crone, I'm the, in it. Own, I'm ready. Yeah, on the crone. If I can get, get there. <laughs> gotcha. You're in labor. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. what is so interesting that I'm going to share real quick? Um. So last week, my Instagram got hacked. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. um, so my handle was Odere Payton, mm-hmm. like the animal. Um, and long story short, ugh, just ugh, right? Like who does that? Erased everything. I can't have access to the name. I can't get any of my photos. It's just gone. Aww. And so just, okay, fine. But that identity, you know, gone. And so I, I haven't been able to find a name, like, and I'm like all this. And so this morning, um, I, anyway, I've, I've been like trying to figure something out. And so I was on a friend's, a mutual friend of ours and hers was, I am and her name. Yeah. And so I called my, my, um, dear friend, Lindsay, who you guys know. And I said, what if, I mean, it sounds kind of, I've just labeled it all. It sounds yeah. cheesy. It sounds arrogant. All these things. Yeah. I'm like, what if I just say, I am Peyton Callahan. Yeah. She's like, oh, freaking love it. <laughs> Held it, whatever. Yeah. I immediately got sick to my stomach. But oh. like, cause it's like claiming who I am. It's, claiming it's who stating you are. who I am. Yeah. Mm. In a new identity. Yeah. Mm. And I, I got excited and then very nauseous. Yeah, so I'm like, I can't do that. Like that whole yeah. exercise, the exercise that you're, you're yeah, talking just, about. Yeah. And I know yeah. that's going to be so helpful for other people. Cause I know I'm not alone yeah. at this, this stage and phase in my life. Um, but yeah, even that like a, an Instagram handle name. Okay. Come on. But symbolic to what I'm, uh, um, How having you, judgment to claim. Yeah. How you, right. right? Mm. And it's so important about, uh, wanting to be seen in the world. Mm-hmm. It's so necessary. You know, um, when you're not witnessed in the world, that's when people go crazy. Mm. You know, mm. it's the people who are unseen, mm. who are, you know, not cared for, are are the ones who really are damaged. Mm. So by being able to lay claim to this is who I am and then being witnessed by others is like one of the greatest gifts. So knowing yourself is giving permission to everyone else to know themselves. Look out, world! Here I come. <laughs> yes, I, am I love it. I am Peyton Cannon. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thank you. Thank mm. you for asking the question. You're welcome. Mm. Oh, thank and for you for sharing so much. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reading a book right now. Okay. Um, Do tell. Joan Didion's Year of Magical Healing. Mm. Have you haven't read it? it? I haven't. It is an incredible book to, I haven't finished yet, but to sit with grief. Mm. And after a very 
tough period. It is like the book that people Mm -hmm. go to. A lot of people go to and um, it helps, you know, move through it. So just putting it out there as well that if you're going to look for a book to read, that might be a great one. It's very beautifully Mm -hmm. written. One, nice. And one thing I've learned with grief, right, to move through grief, we have to get to gratitude. And mm-hmm. when we can understand that it doesn't have to be one or other or another, yeah. you know, to have to be able to hold grief and gratitude is grace. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's so well put. It's so well put. I mean, that is how you move grief. Yeah. Is through gratitude. Yep. Yeah. That's powerful. It is. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's phenomenal. Um, Joan Didion's Year of Magical Healing. Okay. I will be. Yeah, that. I think I learned about that from Oprah. <laughs> Long time ago, it stuck with me. I purchased yeah. it, and I'm finally just now oh, reading the it. Right. Wow. Yeah, at the right oh, time in life. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So fun. Thank you Thank for you. welcoming here, me and, here, and you're just like, being with you. I'm not smart enough. I'm like, are you kidding me? Did no, you but, hear yourself? But do you know what I mean? I like, exactly I need to take, you, you know, I need to read 10 more books, take a zillion more classes, have this many more experiences. Yeah. Am I ready? Maybe yeah. that could be a different word, a different language. So, uh, so can I offer a suggestion? Please. Stop and turn around and look at everything and all the people's lives you've changed. Okay. You're ready. Okay. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah. You have all the evidence you need. Yes. Okay. And yeah. on that note, I okay. would like to hand you the poem that you shared with all of us recently. Okay. This poem is from a book titled Lavender by Tiffany, and I'm forgetting Tiffany's last name. So um, we will um, obviously post her credit. Um, but this book, Poem. I in, like kind of intuitively read books. I'll walk into my mm-hmm. office and open a book and just open to a random page, and it's always just what I need to read. And um, we don't have a microwave in our house, but somehow one has ended up in our garage. <laughs> and every now and then, Cal, close your ears. My husband, Cal, loves to make me coffee. It's his like love language. It's his Aww. favorite thing to do. And you know, I'm a I'm a mother and a woman, and like I never finish a hot cup of coffee. So. In the garage, I go to the ah. microwave and I sometimes heat it up. It's the only time I ever use this microwave. And it, he's like like horrified that I would ever heat up his coffee. He will make me 10 fresh pots yes, oh. to not do that. But I'm in there and I have like a, you know, a cabinet full of books above the, this microwave. And I grab this book and I open it and I just started bawling because oh. this is the prayer that I just needed at this time in my life. So I have it stuck up on my mirror and it reads, Dear God, Show me the truth of who you are. Show me the truth of who I am. Please don't allow me to go another day living beneath your will for me. Raise me up. Raise my head, my eyes, my expectations, my vibrations. And in doing so, let everything else rise up to meet me. Keep me from settling in low places and finding comfort in unworthy spaces. May my actions, words, thoughts, and desires reflect the power that I receive from you and not the fears that I've created. Correct my sight that I may see the beauty and sacredness in all that is, including myself. And grant me the courage and dignity to walk away from any and everything that doesn't aid 
and my ascension. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for hearing me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for witnessing my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank you for your share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much respect. Love you. Love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>